I was reading this week, isn't it wonderful how, uh, among other seasons of the year, I don't think there's, there's one where you get more nice human interest stories, right? It's just, at Christmas time, the news digs out even more of those aww kind of stories, right? Uh, I was reading this week about a small neighborhood outside of Baltimore. Is that me? There we go. Um, last year, as we were, you know, still pretty deep in the pandemic, as if we aren't still, but uh, last year, in the midst of that, uh, in the fall, heading into November and December, as the days got shorter and the nights were getting longer, and folks were really just uh, having a hard time of it. In this small neighborhood outside of Baltimore, just north of the city, the one neighbor reached out to another neighbor and brought literally light and hope to a whole community. Uh, this one neighbor, his name was Matt Riggs, and he was reaching out to his neighbor across the street named Kim Morton. And Kim was at home watching a movie with her teenage daughter, and she got a text from the neighbor who said, hey, uh, come peek outside. I want to show you something. And so she peeks outside, and she finds that Matt had strung one section of Christmas lights from his house across the street all the way and tied it up to her house. And his wife left a nice tin of cookies, home-baked uh, cookies, on Kim's porch saying, you know, he, uh, Matt just wanted to say, hey, you're not alone. That we're together. That we're connected even when we're distant, even when things aren't going well. We're still here. We're, we're neighbors. We're a community. And what happened is other neighbors started seeing that. And up and down the whole street, people started stringing lights across from one house to another. They started climbing the trees and putting up now, you know, and, and making signs and putting it in this whole street. If you look at the pictures of it, it's just totally lit up. And, and the joy that flows out of the people describing how just this kind of organic, just one person reaching out, bringing hope and light to a community. And as we look at this passage today, and I just wanna focus on a part of the Christmas story that Pastor Dave just read, uh, the, the verses in, toward the end, they're Luke 2, verse 10 through 14. I want to look at that and think through what's going on with the connection that Jesus brings for us and how it can bring hope and, and light for us as well. So just listen again to these words from Luke 2, verses 10 through 14. The angel said to them, that's the, the shepherds that were out in the fields watching their flocks. The angel said to them, Luke 2, 10, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. This is God's Word. Lord, would You open our eyes, our ears, our hearts. Would You meet us here in this place and show us the hope and the light, the warmth that You alone provide. That, Lord, we might have joy. Not just in this time, but for all time. That we might have peace. We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I might have mentioned this uh, last year, but it was news to me, so I might, I might bring this up every Christmas. But I had read an article that uh, these long, dark nights uh, throughout human history, in the wintertime, people have always kind of tried to gather together. You know, before we had heat, uh, electric heat or gas heat or whatever, you know, we would gather together to get warm. But it's, it's even deeper than that, more profound, that we, we, we have this longing. I think part of why some of us feel the pain of loss and grief uh, and separation so much more in this season is that it's dark, it's short, we don't see each other as much, and we're, we're disconnected. But it's always kind of been that way. That's not just a pandemic thing. It's always been this sort of winter, death, darkness, cold, separation, a needing of other people, a longing for community. No matter what your personality type is, right? No matter whether you're the, the biggest introvert ever or a flaming extrovert, right? You, you, you have in the winter just this tendency to get maybe a little sir crazy. And how much more so after years of pandemic now? And it's interesting that throughout history, religions have had their ceremonies in the winter marked by light. Diwali, I might be saying that wrong, of the Hindus and Sikhs, Hanukkah of Judaism, and even us with our candlelight Christmas service, right? We, would you want to do this in the summer? Would it feel right? Yeah, fireworks, but you're not going to sit around a candle in the middle of summer, right? Um, and by the way, it's not in the Bible one way or the other, okay? The Bible doesn't actually tell us when Jesus was born. It's not, I don't think, an accident that we picked kind of the middle of winter and that we have these tendencies to have light and warmth and gather together. And so, as we look at this passage and this, the, the, the need that we have for community and the brokenness that we've experienced, especially in the last couple of years, but always as we all have things that we grieve as we're separated, this passage shows us this joy that can be, he says, for all people, the angel says. The joy is that a Savior has been born. The joy is that Christ, Messiah, the Lord has come. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news the angel says, of great joy for all the people, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter your age, your income, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your ability or disability, 
This good news has come for all people. The angel said today, in the city of David, there has been born a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And how, how is it possible then, that, in other words, that, that, that God would string that light from His house to us? And it's right here. As Jesus comes down. That's the first thing I just want to pull out of here is that the fact that God came down to us. It's, a, it's something, a, a truth that we should never get tired of thinking about and reflecting on it. It's no wonder that we have some of our greatest songs and hymns centered around Christmas when we celebrate the fact that God came down. The second person, the Word became flesh. He emptied Himself is what that means. There's a lot of theology and everything you could dig into behind it. But this simple phrase here, this is a sign that you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You know, this is the second person of the Trinity. This is God who has come down. And you'll find Him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger just as the angel said, that this one has come down to be among us. He's emptied himself. He was conceived in the womb, the angel said, that Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus, which means Savior. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the, Holy, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of of God. You know, these first couple of chapters of Luke just emphasize that there is something amazing and profound going on. That God is connecting with us deeply. Miraculously. That it's not just going to happen by human effort. By the will of a man. In fact, it takes God to come down and rescue us. He comes down to connect with us. Paul would later put it this way in these words that are probably familiar to many of you in Philippians 2, 6 and 7. He says, Although he existed in the form of God, which is in contrast, he'll say in a moment, to the form of a servant, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or held onto, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made or born in the likeness of men. That Jesus came. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That He was fully human and still fully God. God and man together. Galatians 4.4 puts it this way, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. There should be no doubt in our minds that, that this God has come down to be among us. He emptied Himself and set aside willingly dwelling among us. And it's more than that. He humbled Himself to unite with humanity. As that passage in Galatians says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son born of a woman born under the law. This is God who... I mean, basically, parents, it's like you making the rules for your kids, right? And then abiding by them. 
right? I, I don't want you to go past here or past there, right? No, you can't handle the steak knives and the sharp knives yet, right? This is, I mean, that's the equivalent here, right? God is saying, I will come down and abide by the laws that I made for you, humanity. Just think about that for a moment. That's, it is, it is, is even more of a gap than us parents stooping down to keep the rules we have for toddlers. The gap is even broader. That God would come down. The humility of serving us in that way to connect with us way more than just crossing the street. It's stooping way down. To be one whose appearance would not be attractive to us. He doesn't come down into a palace with servants. He comes to serve. He doesn't come as a you know, star that the paparazzi and the photographers will all fall around. He's, he's not even an Instagram influencer or anything else. He's nowhere. Born to a poor young woman. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, like one from whom men hide their faces. He's despised and we did not esteem him. Being found, Philippians 2.8 says, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, I, th- I think of it as, uh, you know those movies, they have a different feel for me now that we've lived through a pandemic for a while, but the, the, where there's a lab scene, you know, and they've got some kind of toxic uh, chemical going on or some, some really harmful chemicals within this closed off container, you know, and they've got those gloves the rubber gloves that kind of are inside the tank and there's this wall and so the scientists can kind of you know stick her hands in these gloves and manipulate the the test tubes and mix the chemicals while you know she's out here in the air and everything right and and it's all horrible in there and you can see how as the chemicals are mixing all the living things are dying you know it's just uh cancer and everything's going on in in this and she's outside of it fine right now, could you imagine in a scene like that if, if the scientist then rips the top off of this thing and then climbs in among those horrible chemicals, knowing full well the effects, knowing the harm and just the repulsiveness. I mean, say it was just kind of like something that smelled really bad. I mean, could you just think about that for a second? Okay, God is a spirit. And when he comes to earth, he takes on human form, and so he smells things. Just think about that. This God comes down into this world that he created and that is so broken. This world that he made, and it's full of brokenness. And he comes down emptying himself, and he sees the harmful effects up front. One of the things, you know, we often think of the suffering of Jesus as the end of his life. We call that last week of his life the Passion Week, from the way the word passion originally was used, meaning suffering. But Jesus suffered his whole life. You think of him at the tomb of Lazarus, weeping painfully, angry, in fact, at death and brokenness. 
and at the lack of faith around him. Just the pain of seeing people make poor choices. How frustrated are you as a parent when you see your kids and you know the choices they should make and they just go the other direction? You know, they just waste their money on this thing or that thing. Or they get in the relationship with that person. And you just see that. I mean, you imagine that. Jesus just sees that all over the place because he sees everything perfectly. And all of the relationships around him and he sees that brokenness. All throughout his life, Jesus through the incarnation suffered this humiliation, this experience of brokenness. Until the end, what? He was rejected. Having done nothing wrong, living without sin, he's killed as a criminal. He humbled himself. He came down, emptied himself, humbled himself. And the good news is, he did that to lift us up. He came down to connect with us, that, that we would be exalted. He began to teach and say, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days to rise again. For all of the suffering, for all of the scorn and, and everything else that Jesus endured, he kept his eyes fixed on the future, never wavering from the path that God had set before him, that he might rise, exalted to the right hand of the Father over all things. And the, the thing is that he did that not just for himself. You know, it's not just like he lived that perfect life to then get his own reward, but he came down as God himself lived that perfect life and had to die to pay the penalty for our sin to pay the penalty for our brokenness, to, to, to take on the eternal separation from God that any one of our sins deserve, much less the page after page of the book of our lives that are filled with it. This, this God came in the flesh to do all this, and he took us up with him. He took that humanity up into glory. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul has the best summary of what I'm trying to say. Both aspects. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor so that you through His poverty might become rich. That that trajectory of God come down to connect with us, much like that neighbor reaching across the street with his lights, right? Stringing them up. Oh, that's wonderful. We're connected, right? Oh, that's wonderful. But the gap that God crosses is even bigger. That God would come down to connect with us. And he not only does that, but then he scoops us up in his arms. And we're kicking and screaming. And he, he takes us to his house. He takes us across the streets. You don't have to live in the place you live. Come live in my place with everything provided for you. It's all paid for. And I've set it up just for you. Would that not be encouraging? 
Could you imagine if the neighbor who strung the lights across, and it's wonderful, it's beautiful, it's encouraging, the whole community coming together and seeing the light. Could you imagine if he also said, and oh, by the way, I bought you a new house. Oh, by the way, here's a great job for you. And oh, by the way, I've, I've, I've reconciled you with your parents and with all of your family. And, I, and I'm, I'm making things right. And the future's going to be even better. That's, that's the story of the gospel. That's the Christmas story. That's why the angels, they, they can't contain themselves. Even as there's just a little baby there in a manger, they're singing glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. The, the angels have a sense of this is God doing his work. It's going to be so amazing. There's going to be so much joy and peace and love from this one. And in fact, they, you know, they don't even get all of it. The angels, you know, this, this season that we've been going through of pandemic and political divisions and social unrest and all kinds of brokennesses and everything around us, strain and divisiveness and restrictions and fear, I think this is, this is a really good night. You know, sometimes we talk, uh, that, that we, we think about New Year's as starting a new thing. I think maybe, what if we kind of pulled that back to Christmas and said, this is the time to start a new thing. This is the time when we say, you know what, it doesn't have to be the way it was. You know, we've hurt each other. You know, you've said things. She said things. He said things. You know, we, we've, we've had brokennesses. We've argued over this and that. Jesus comes into the middle of that, and he says, this is a new thing. This is the love of God come down to push back the darkness. This is the love of God coming down to rescue, to pull us up. If God can span that chasm of coming down to dwell among us, if God can settle our debt and reconcile us to Him, what, what can't He do? If God can, can come down and the Word become flesh in a little manger, as a little baby, in poverty, to grow up, live perfectly, die, rise again, and launch a movement of people that literally span the globe and all of history and time, and who, yeah, we've messed up, we've done bad things here and there, but overall have done a tremendous amount of good. If God can do that, can He not work through you and me in this year? Let's not wait till January, you know, let's not wait till January 1st or December 31st. Let's, let's, let's start tonight and say, you know what, it really can be different. Lord, I'm going to put my future in your hands. I'm, I'm going to put the past behind me. I am going to look for ways that I can bless. How can I string the lights to my neighbor and connect with them? You know, can, can I just smile? Can I say, how are you doing? Can I just ask some questions? And can I, can I avoid just arguing? Can I even do that with my family? Yes. Because God has come down.
And He has rescued us. He has connected us with more than just light and hope. He has given us His Spirit. If your faith is in Jesus, that is connected to you now. And there's a promise of a better future. But even right now, even right now, your life can and will be different. Will you believe those promises? Will you rest in Him? Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy to us that You came down, that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Lord, let that light, that connection, that peace, that hope, let it, Lord, move us, shape us, mold us. Let it make us into who You would have us to be for all time. In Jesus' name, amen.